Welcome to City on a Hill's podcast. This week's podcast can be downloaded on iTunes or our media library at chccny.com. Holy Spirit, we do bid you to come tonight. We bid you to come. We know that you have longed to fellowship with human beings. That is your heart's desire, and we long to fellowship with you tonight. Lord, for each of us that came in this place tonight, we can say we're thirsty and we're weak, and we're here tonight, Lord, not out of religious obligation, not out of duty, but because you put such a desire in our hearts, we're drawn to you, we're attracted by you, Lord. Lord, even amidst probably the crazy day that many of us had, probably as crazy as mine was today. But, Lord, we do come. We gather together with our brothers and sisters. We come and we find strength in your presence, Lord, strength together. Lord, we love to be together and we love to be together before you. And we ask you for grace tonight to block out Father, every care and every problem, Lord, everything that's demanding our attention tonight, and we've come to be with you. We've come to minister to you. We've come to hear from you, to worship you. Lord, we just want to block out, Lord, all the sounds that we heard today and all the sounds of the world around us. The sounds of the TVs and the newspapers and the chatter and the clamor of the voices within us and the voices outside of us, Lord, to come and be low at your feet and to worship you tonight. To proclaim your praise. To lift your name on high. To join with angels in this place, Lord. To listen to the whisper of your spirit. Lord, let your peace fall in this place. Let your anointing fall upon your people tonight, Lord. As we give you, as we give you our praise, as we give you our hearts. We worship you tonight, Lord. Just, we started that song um, that our brothers and sisters were singing. Uh, Come, all ye that are thirsty, all ye that are weak. You know, many, many years ago, I was a young Christian, and I was reading John 4. Many of you know the story. Most of you probably do. Jesus is at the well, and he meets the woman of Samaria. Samaritan woman. Remember the story? And it always struck me that the first thing he says to her, the first thing to start the whole conversation, a woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me to drink. And I remember being apprehended. Like, what? What? The Lord, the master of the universe, 
walked up to a woman and said, give me to drink. Now, I'm sure there's a natural application, but don't you think there's something deeper than just a natural application? And I thought about it tonight as uh, we start our time together, that God has no needs, but he has desires. And he asked this woman for something. Give me to drink. So we're we here tonight singing, Those That Are Thirsty. But there's a thirst that the Lord Jesus has. There's a something that we answer to in his heart that nothing else can. We've got to get rid of all of our religious pictures that, you know, he's God and we know he has no needs, but he has chosen to, to need us in a sense. And I, I think that last week I started to share with you a little bit about learning how to minister to the Lord. And I believe that this is the most powerful secret that has been the church is blinded to. I believe when the church gets to see this, um, I believe it makes all the difference in the world. Let me just read you a few verses um, about ministry to the Lord. First of all, it was said of Samuel. You remember him? He's a little boy who grew up in the, in the house of the Lord. His mother, Hannah, had dedicated him. But Samuel was ministering before the Lord, wearing a linen ephod. 1 Chronicles 15.2 Then David said, No one but the Levites may carry the ark of God, because the Lord chose them to carry the ark of the Lord and to minister before him forever. 1 Chronicles 16.4 He appointed some of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord. Now that always meant that there was the presence of the Lord in the ark, right? To extol, thank, and praise the Lord, the God of Israel. That's what they were to do. They were to come, the Levites, the priests, extol him, thank him, and praise the Lord. 2 Chronicles 29, 11. My sons, do not be negligent now, for the Lord has chosen you to stand before him and serve him, to minister before him. Now, what, is that? what does that mean, to come and minister to the Lord? We know what it's like we talk all the time about the Lord ministering to us, but ministering to the Lord... I know Watchman Nee certainly is someone who began this quest in me many, many years ago when he taught about the same ministry to him. And remember we talked about, uh, last week if you were here, we talked about uh, Ezekiel 44 where the certain priests were allowed to minister to the people of God in the outer court, help them with their sacrifices. It's very busy in the outer court. But there was only one group, the sons of Zadok, that were allowed to minister to the Lord himself. And so I I want us to think a little bit. Think of the Gospels. Think about Jesus, all the ministry he did to, he did for people. But there there was one woman who came to him in the house of Simon, um, well, the Pharisee. That was one lady. Remember, 
She washed his feet with her hair. What, what do we think? What do we think that was? What do you think Jesus felt at that time? Do you think that answered anything in him? I mean, take our religious glasses off. Remember when Mary of Bethany, the one person here, the disciples are fighting over why she used this fragrant perfume and wasted it on him. Wasted it on him. And then Mary is the one person who, by the Spirit of God, intuitively knew something and took this very expensive thing and anointed the Lord's feet. And you know the story. It said that Jesus himself said that as everywhere the gospel is preached, this woman would be mentioned. I would like us to go on an adventure in this church. First of all, tonight, I would like us to start to become practiced as we start our time together to minister to the Lord by extolling him, praising him, um, using our words to tell him he's wonderful. Maybe you're intimidated. Oh, I don't want I feel awkward doing that. What if you just said, Lord, thank you that that, that money came in and I was able to pay that bill. If, if you just say one sentence, we want to start our time not thinking about God doing anything for us, but how about we begin by ministering to him? I suggest to you, uh, I know my, my, you know, Jane Hale, you hear me talk about her all the time. She spent an hour during her nighttime hours every night ministering to the Lord. Just telling him she loved him. She said, sometimes, Linda, I feel so bad. I ran out of words, and I want to have more words. So I just say, Lord, I love you. I love you. Wouldn't it be great if this church went on a little journey together here on Wednesday nights and in your own personal time and in my own personal time, you put aside 10 minutes a day, half an hour a day, five minutes a day, saying, Lord, just this five minutes, just this 10 minutes, I'm not going to ask you for a thing. I'm going to do nothing but wash your feet and minister to you. And I think, um, let, me, let me read you what one person said. He said this. He said, um, he said, whenever you fast and pray, don't forget to minister to the Lord, to adore him, to say beautiful words to him, to love on him, to worship him. Tell him how lovely, wonderful, awesome, and gorgeous he is minister to him and watch your heart and circumstances change my final thought is this if you in the book of acts you see that in acts 9 the apostle paul is converted and you see that he is he's in the city of damascus which is in the news these days damascus syria and what you see is um there starts to be such an uh, uh an outpour and a riot that he has to be taken over the wall. Remember that? In a basket to save his life. So we don't, we don't see Paul again. Apparently Paul then uh, goes off for a very long time by himself. Apparently to spend time alone with the Lord for his amazing calling. But you don't see Paul again until I think it's Acts 12 when Barnabas goes out 
and goes and finds him and brings him back to Antioch. Funny, there's no church in Damascus. Damascus is never mentioned again until Paul is talking about his born-again experience later on. There's no, there's no church in Damascus. But now Barnabas brings Paul back. You see in Acts 13, and you see him ministering with the prophets and the teachers. And this is what it says. And as they, as they prayed and fasted and ministered to the Lord, the Lord said, set aside for me Paul and Bar Saul and Barnabas for the work that I've called. This is what some people think. Some people think that Paul was doing it all in, in Damascus in the first time in his own zeal, his own human zeal, in his own human energy. And that's why there's no church in, Dam there's no church in Damascus. But after he has spent time ministering to the Lord, which is the priesthood, we see then in Acts 13 that now he'd become a changed man. And now in the midst of making the Lord central and ministering to him, everything changed. It was the beginning now, really, of the Apostle Paul's amazing ministry. I'm really a believer that if you're not ministering to the Lord, you really shouldn't be ministering to the house because you're ministering in your own efforts and you're sweating. Remember, sweat is part of the curse. But when we're ministering in the flow of the Spirit, it doesn't mean that there's no challenges. It doesn't mean that there's no problems. But it means there's a flow of the Spirit in your life. And it's not human endeavor. It's not human zeal. Uh, I believe that when the church of Jesus Christ in this day finds this secret of learning to minister to him, making him central, not the work, I believe we're going to see, I believe, I believe we're going to see things change in all of our lives. So, so please don't be intimidated as we, what I'd like to do is what I think is, is really so scriptural. I'd like us to begin by ministering to him or the, or the uh, our brothers and sisters are ministering to him as we worship and as we praise. Remember, that's what we're doing. We're not just singing songs. We're worshiping him. We're telling him what we think about him. We're telling him how grateful we are for what he's done for us. So as we do that tonight, we're going to have a sense as uh, we feel that that has um, that we've done that and released that, we'll come to the Lord's table, and then after the Lord's table, the floor will be opened for the for us to talk to each other. And don't you? How many of you know that verse in Malachi where it says that uh, those that spoke often one to another, and ex and, and really I'm paraphrasing it, and extolled the Lord, esteemed the Lord, He wrote a book of remembrance. So let's remember that after we take the table and we speak to one another about all the good things God's doing in our lives, it says that when they talk to one another, the Lord listened. The Lord listened. Can you imagine that the Lord Jesus himself is going to be listening to the saints in this, this, little, this little group? Jesus' ear is attentive to listen to his people. 
so, Father, we just we thank you for that, Lord. We want to please you tonight because you are thirsty. You're thirsty and have been thirsty for the love of a bride, for the fellowship of a people that you've given your life for. Lord, we can't do it without the anointing of your Holy Spirit, which is Holy Spirit, you're the spirit of worship. You're the spirit of praise. We put aside all of our tiredness and ask you to come now that we might bless you tonight. Help us, enable us to bless you in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to City on a Hill's podcast. For more resources, visit us at chccny.com.